the scary voice is spoken, Raul. The scary voice is spoken. Yes, this is what happens when you don't write a bit. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> this is Vibecast, not Highcast. This is not the 420 karate hot podcast. I don't watch a lot of Talladega Nights. <sighs> I haven't seen... I haven't seen that movie. I've seen only bits and pieces of that. Anyway, well, it's been four months, so greetings, everyone. Welcome to Karate Without Belts. Um, Welcome. Welcome to the Bourbon Bar. You know, this is probably going to be an audio recording. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then you see the bourbon that's behind me. This this is this does track well for you because this every time we've done a podcast, you're like, look at this thing that I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, I have a face for radio, but I don't have a face for I don't have your face, right? I'm I am not. I am looking enough for that. face troll, as I tell my wife. <laughs> she goes, "You better watch where you're going." I'm like, "Baby, I'm five foot four. I'm a dog face troll." <laughs> the only thing I got good, I got going for me is I'm good at accounting, and I'm kind of good at karate, but not the best. So I'm right. okay at teaching, and I'm sometimes okay at karate. Yeah. Um, but not today, because the because the doctor told me you have no physical damage, lose weight, fatso. So. <sighs> It's been a minute since we've done any sort of recording for the podcast. Yes, but um, we're coming back. Our, I, I mean, we are to- totally back. If this was John Wick, I would just be saying, "Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back." I think I'm back. That movie, like the first one, I'm surprised how popular it became because it really does read like a straight to video. It does, but I think the fight scenes say that the fight scenes were and like, Keanu. Like, Keanu, Keanu saves was it. awesome. I mean, just as a person, like his his likability, but it just across the board is 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 spectacular. But his um the fight scenes and the fact and all the all the sambo that he was doing in, in the yeah. fight scenes, everyone was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, the first one is where they had to kind of buy everybody to get, to get everybody on board, but then like they opted for the second, third, and I haven't seen the fourth one yet because it's not out in Japan. I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. I just honestly, I think I'm. I want to say I'm just tapped out on the series. After the third one, I'm just like Ugh. the I third just, one is basically a repeat of the second one. It was a little bit. It was kind of I don't know. I, I thought it was as far as the the storyline. I was like, eh. the first the first storyline was good. The second one was okay, but then the third is just like I'm I'm, I'm not buying in on this anymore. <laughs> I think essentially what the fourth one does is kind of is it, do what the third one was it, trying to do. Close the series because I'm done. <laughs> No, apparently it's not, and apparently there's like a prequel show to it. This is what people are are are, are tuning in for. Our our hot Maybe John Constance team team, and I'll be all right. They apparently want to still do that, but could you imagine if this? Now imagine this. It's the same plot. It's the same characters. It's the same everything. But could you imagine if this was a Steven Seagal movie? Everyone's favorite it, CIA asset. Wouldn't make it. Wouldn't have made it. I, I mean, I think they would have. I think he's probably made a version of it, just of him doing sit-down martial arts. Yeah, it's probably true. Uh, I think but, his best one was Mark for Death. After that, you know, for Seagal, it was just craziness. His son has an Aikido dojo in Japan, and I'm okay. slightly tempted to just go there and be like, check it out. Yeah, kind of, because he's still that somehow managed to. Be an Aikido head, and I mean, I guess it's not that hard, but no, not to diss Aikido, but not rolled Aikido. I heard this week apparently Moria Ueshiba apparently learned parts of Aikido from a spirit. <laughs> apparently, 
I don't I don't know if I can verify Are you this. Emphasizing this now, come on, man. Well, uh, maybe this was late, late, late day, right? Not the one that wasn't really affected by jujitsu. More, more, he, more. He was, he was an Aikido jujitsu master, wasn't he? Yeah, and I yeah, just live well, off that. Is that not enough? As a as a friend of mine today had kind of shown me this slightly, let's say, less than favorable view of samurai in a, okay. in a book that I have no idea where he pulled this from. But is this basically saying like, yeah, samurai are they just evolved into people doing kata and forms and and you know, they just became bankers in nice silk suits. I'm like, this is just how rich people act. Yeah, like they're not practicing real world everything because they're rich. They just yeah. pay people to do that for them. Well the Book of Five Rings is like the Miyamoto Musashi was talking about the three different, you know, classifications of, of the people of the day. It was their merchant class, uh, and then there was um, farmers, and then there was the warrior class, right? So the merchant classes were like the the people making money, and then the warrior class, uh, obviously the ones defending, and then the the farmers were kind of seen as like you know lower class. But like any other culture, I think this is this is just true across the board. You had warrior class which is divided into people who fight and people who sit around and tell people what to how to fight, fight yeah, yeah or what to do right yeah and i think it's just and this is i think any true of any time in history where you have just these guys who have hold high ranks who don't really do a whole lot don't really know a whole lot but oh yes we have we have people who do the fighting for us yeah so but anyway well how the hell are you doing man you all right i am uh fighting things at work at the moment we have a manager who quit so i am uh dealing with taking over their engagements making sure things are moving somewhat smoothly although it's a little rocky start right now i have to travel 200 miles a day two days a week to go to the office that he was at to make sure everyone's kind of still staying on staying on track um although i had to finish my stuff up and i told him that so this week it just finished. I finished up, I'd say, 80% of what I needed to get done. As far as doing, I'm a, nobody knows me. I'm a certified public accountant. So I deal with financial statements and audits. And uh, I had to get a financial statement out the door and an audit out the door, plus another financial statement. But that's going to lag because the client, as usual, doesn't want to give me everything that I asked for. On the karate front, uh, I am making small strides in the area so i have moved from new york on long island new york to uh, the upstate in south carolina i've been here for over two years now yep um i have created a dojo in my garage garage dojo very small not small it's it's 400 square feet and i'm utilizing at least 350 square feet of it for tax purposes only well, no, no, no. Even that, I'm not even claiming that space for the taxes. <laughs> but um, I had it's fully licensed in the state of South Carolina. I have a limited liability company to protect myself. I have uh, martial arts insurance uh, associated with the company. Um, I have two heavy bags. I have a full six set of bogle gear. Six of them. One, two, three, four, five, six sets of bogle gear. I have a uh, a wall mirror. I have a full 
collapsible weight set that can be set out for hojuando or heavy lifting or literally collapsed and put against the wall to open up for kata and kumite and kobudo wait hold on go back say that again i have a collapsible weight set for what hojo undo or how do you say that <laughs> did i screw that up hojo un, un, undo. Undo. sorry undo. Undo. because there's not uh in Japanese, it's just ooh. Ooh, okay. So, mm, no. so sorry. Just <laughs> I'm just like, I don't day. know if I can let this slide or not. Don't let it slide. You got to correct, man. Just like when people call me Paul around here, it ain't Paul, it's Raul. Wait, really? You, see, I've got. How? It's an R's right there. They look at AUL and just they disregard the first letter. You got to move back to back to the Northeast, man. You gotta get no, out of the. They did it in the Northeast too, but I gave up. <laughs> I gave up when I came down here. I thought uh, John was bad, but this is literally giving you a, just a new letter in the beginning of your name because it uh, sounds they, boring. Paul, Paul Perez, are you there? Yep. Mean. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> just letting it slide. Let me put, put up your gravestone. It's gonna it's gonna be Zal Perez. Yeah. I saw I order I order uh Order meat at the deli now. What's your name? Paul. How do you spell that? P A U L. Like they do it all the time. <laughs> so I gave up. I am now Paul in real life. On paper, I'm Raul. <laughs> this is going to be, this is going to start getting confusing when we actually have to work on promoting your dojo. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, go back, oh, going back to the dojo. Sorry, I just created a website. Uh, although John dis- dis- disagrees with the format. Well, I don't disagree with the formatting. I disagree with all of it. <laughs> I well, I'm just I I think there there is room for improvement. John writes it. It is a success in progress. Success in progress. There we go. That's, so, I think that's what the young people say now. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but the dojo can hold at least six people, including myself. I I can I have stations set up where you can do. Uh, th- so there's two. I teach two days a week. So Fridays is going to be kata uh is be the karate programs would be kata and uh yakusoku kumite and uh, kobudo and then saturday mornings would be boku kumite training so you would hit heavy bags you would work on footwork and then depending on your skill level if you've achieved uh, enough you know enough skill in those types of areas then we start to do light sparring and then eventually get to the heavy sparring okay so kind of like a regular standard karate sort of deal on a friday and then mm-hmm. on saturday morning more of a focus on maybe you can say like cardio fitness and then also that will take you into sparring and take you, you, take you right into sparring. exactly i think you that just have karate sleepovers on weekends we could do that and then i have a full full bourbon bar as you cannot see because it's going to be full audio so friday nights if you're if you're so inclined you've been more than happy to imbibe in a little bit of stuff I have at least 65 bottles of different bourbon. I can't even remember how many I have. How did you get how did you get away with that? How did I get away with it? How did like the wife likes to drink a little bit too, so <laughs> Okay. All right. Well then that makes perfect sense then. I got into, thinking... Okay. So here's what happened. I, I got into I get I was getting older. So I'm 45 years old. You were, but now you're getting younger. Yeah, now I'm getting younger. And I, I was I wanted to do something that was old. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I liked I, I drinking beer kind of bloated me and I was kind of just kind of getting out of my beer phase and I was like well 
what 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 else is out there? And I and I tried bourbon whiskey, and I never liked other whiskeys before, like like a Jameson's. I mean, it was all right. It was, I didn't really like it, but I tried bourbon whiskey, and then I, I I looked into how it's made, and all that stuff. And I really liked not only the flavor profile, but the fact that you can it, it varies from from different maker to maker, and uh, each maker has a different flavor profile, and it's all natural. So and there's very stringent re- making requirements for it to be considered a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Mm. So it's 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 pretty legit. Where other places can put in inject you know like uh, different coloring and stuff like that to make you can't do that with this. It's it's pretty much all natural. I, just I like how you said you had a you had a beer phase and I moved out of that phase and I became more sophisticated man. No, I'm more for, I, you know, I went into cigars and whiskey. <laughs> As you do, as you do, as you as you as you approach a certain age, which you just bounce back from, and can just yes. get younger. But last time you were on this podcast, we were drinking whiskey. We were drinking. I made you go out and you picked yourself up. What'd you get? Uh, I forget what you got. I forget. Elijah Craig, I think. Yeah, no, or I don't think. Buffalo so. Trade. Yes, one? that was the one. That was the one. That, that um, is a very good one. You can't get that in South Carolina. Um, they don't ship it too often around here. Yeah, Even though it's a twenty-five dollar okay. whiskey, you can't you can't find it very much. If you do find it, it's forty bucks. So it's like, ugh. although I had six or seven bottles I had bought in New York, they're still sitting in that uh, that little uh, decant underneath there. Fine, I'll put the thing the video up online. Oh, we didn't we didn't put it up. No, no, I'll put the video of. I didn't put the video of us drinking up online. I just oh, put okay. the audio up. But since you keep on doing the whole head turn around and all that other stuff of of, of pointing out that you have bourbon, um, okay. fine, fine. I'll just put the video to. online. I'm not editing anything out, though. That's fine. You, you don't have to edit anything out. Can't mm-hmm. make me. No, that's mm-hmm. all right. So I can't Everyone has to hit, put up with our ooms and uhs on YouTube. Otherwise, if you're listening to this on any of your other podcast catchers of choice, uh, maybe it'll be less ooey and ummy. I don't know. Yeah, let's see what happens. We will see what happens. But so you you've recently opened up the dojo. I've been so I've been open for a year, but I right. then ran into some medical issues where I I guess I overtrained. I was running and hitting the bags pretty religiously, like three to four days a week as, as I was you know promoting the dojo, and my Achilles tendons in both legs just said, "I'm done, you old bastard." And um, I I would get out of bed in the morning and I, it would be really difficult to walk. And it would, it would take a few, maybe about an hour for my Achilles tendon to warm up and I could start walking around. But I, I'd walk with a little bit of a limp because it'd still be very, very sore. So I went to physical therapy for four months. I've got most of it dissipated, but I think I need to see a specialist because okay. I can't still do 100% heavy um, bag work. I can do heavy lifting um and stuff like that but as far as hitting the bag and doing my uh my uh tai sabaki stuff it gets um very very tender so uh for instance we I, we had a, a seminar that i had conducted uh earlier not earlier i think a couple months ago now in august it's september and, you that was literally one month ago yeah well i just it's just work has been <laughs> a couple months ago that that month that ago, month yeah. ago now, about a month ago, we had a seminar where we, we, uh, cause Hanchi Albert Oliver Giroli had passed away 
in April, who was the leader of our organization. And, and we they, wanted to have a memorial seminar for him. I, and, I can't, I can't tell you enough how much that guy, uh, in my younger days, uh, had really affected kind of my view on training and my mm -hmm. view on like longevity and people who have like trained for a long time. He was um, 84 still training. And, it's great and he looked great yeah he looked great uh but you know age catches up with Saul, and he uh, ended up getting pneumonia um and he, he couldn't recover from it unfortunately so we got the news one day that he was in the hospital and with double pneumonia and then the news three hours later was he didn't make it so that's a really tough day for all of us here in the organization uh the the funeral, obviously, it was unexpected, so not everyone could make it because it was just so sudden. So I was there. It was uh, it was tough. <clears throat> and then, um, so yeah, so we wanted to memorialize him and have an annual uh, seminar trying to go over the things that he specialized in. He specialized in Bogu Kumite. He was a Bogu Kumite champion, and he really, really, really was pushing it to be really reinvigorated with all the old Ryute and Yuku Kempo associations. Mm. Hasn't took 100% yet, but there's... I, I did the seminar, Bogu portion. It was really, really well received. We got uh, representatives from a whole from a bunch of different organizations. Ryute showed up um, with Mike Klein and Kevin Pleasant. We had um, uh, United uh, Ryuku Kempo Alliance, Alan Amore and Brian uh came um and Norris. Uh, brian norris and um we had uh you're welcome greg brian yes and then we had uh greg linguist group uh daryl pope showed up gary shull who's kind of affiliated with everyone he's just a kind of does his own thing um mm -hmm. really awesome guy he uh he showed up and uh they all um the only you know everyone got along really well everyone enjoyed our presentation on how to train for Boku Kumite because it's not just you know do kata and then just throw on the helmet and kind of really go at it there's is a different animal to it as far as you know you really got to prep the body and uh, you really got to understand you know get movement and don't stand there and become a rock'em sock'em robot because I'm five foot four. All my instructors are like no higher than five six, five seven. There's there's, there's a real kingdom of short kings. There is a kingdom of short kings. It is a kingdom. You guys like are the organization. You're like the short king organization. It's legit. It's true. And uh, so we can't stand in front of people and just bang. So we actually use you know tactics. <laughs> so uh, we were showing what kind I hope of. Hope we don't take that sentence out of context. Yeah, no, and we 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 uh we showed some of the things we do. I think it was well received, and uh, I know uh, some people want us to kind of come out and do that particular format with their group. So uh, we're kind of negotiating that, seeing you know when we can come out there. We also want to have an annual seminar, and we don't want to tread on anyone's toes as mm -hmm. well. So we want to also we want to we want to do a two part thing. We want to do our our thing and and promote it. But we also want to support everybody else because they came out and supported us when we when, when we needed them the most. So we also want to send delegates over to them when they do their seminars and make sure we're, we're maintaining or uh, reciprocating uh, the the love and, and the respect that they gave us. You know what's amazing about all this, about what you just said? I think okay. this is like the first time 
it's actually been more or less unified in probably 20, 30 years. Like of all, after all that, after all the, you know, and it's all just interpersonal conflict with people who broke off and started different organizations and stuff like that. Whether it was like 20 years ago, 10 years ago or whatever, like it really does, even though it wasn't necessarily the biggest thing in the world, uh, it certainly was a better, you know, the people who showed up, showed up representing, Mm -hmm. right? They didn't show up on their own. They showed up. I mean, they did, but also was representatives. I can see that from uh, photos you had of introducing people for for that. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's had conflicts with everybody else. You know, people are people. That's just the way the world the world goes, folks. You know, it always encourages me to see that happen. And there's, there's still hope in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of. Because it's as bleak, as bleak as it can be, there's still hope. I mean, it helps that I'm a nice guy and I know how to how to network with people and really just kind of, you know, reach people on a personal level. Um, so that, that's helpful too. Like I, I don't I don't go there presenting like I'm sort of, sort of authority figure. I'm I'm a very humble guy. I say, listen, you know, I've been doing this for over 25 years, but you know, you guys been doing this before I was even even uh, conceived so I, i'd like to have you guys over and just kind of see what we've been doing i know you guys have a relationship with, with albert giroldi and we'd like you to you know you know come in and not only see what we're doing but there's going to be a portion in this particular uh seminar where it's going to be kind of kind of free-flowing you guys can we can exchange ideas and that's exactly what happened like the, the first day was like Bogukumi day the second day was Tuite and 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 maybe some some sort of uh, kata um, bunkai, but it's like this is how we see it. But let's split up and let's intermingle with each other and just on a one-on-one basis, kind of share information. I mean, uh, Kiyoshi, my client, was showing me a whole bunch of stuff with Tuite that uh, you know that's been I guess refined over the years, and uh, I thought it was really really good stuff and uh, it's stuff that I definitely will incorporate in my personal karate. And uh, I know Daryl Pope is working with uh, a few of the guys. Uh, I know um, uh, Kaicho Island and Moore is working with some of, some of the other guys. He was actually doing a lot of lot of discussion in my living room with some of our guys, which was really nice to see. I was hoping they wouldn't throw each other through my door. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, keep doing that. Just don't break nothing in my living room. Well, and... <laughs> And I think we're reaching a certain, I, it's interesting to talk about this because we're reaching a certain age where any, we were talking about this a little before we got on air is that we're coming up to the point where we're going to have to not be the ones participating at, at an event or helping out with an event. Yeah. But actually, if we ever have these events, we're going to have to be the ones that put it on. Yeah. And then that was one of the things that they, my, my instructors, uh, Ken Peters and Anthony Carnamola, who are Hanji Giroldi's most senior students. They they want to you know have us guys um, well if we're hosting it in, in our state to kind of be the lead, hmm. uh, be the face and and they're gonna support us and give us the information and the the guidance and the knowledge to do these types of things and it, which is what they did with me on, on the behind the scenes like, this is what we should do this is what we shouldn't do um, this is this is things that could happen and if this happens this is how we should address it. Um, but most importantly, let's get them in there and let's get them sweating. Cause the one thing that we noticed that, uh, you know, bore us would be 
standing there and listening to someone talk and not doing anything. Mm. And we didn't want that to be the case. We wanted people to come in and literally just hear five or six words and just take those words and just run with it and just work, 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 with partners, bags, and drills, drills, drills. And then at the end of the day, we'll see how it works. And it turned out that everyone really, really liked it. And um, I mean, there, the first cl- the first day, there wasn't a dry shirt in there. I mean, I'm talking about you had to wring it out. It was just soaked. I was soaked. Everyone was soaked, which helped with T-shirt sales, by the way. <laughs> I, you, you had asked me if I wanted one. I'm like, I do, but I don't want you to pay for the expenses. Send it to no, you can also send it over to you, man. It just doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's going to cost you. I, have a, I do. I, you sent me. So a couple years back, I ran into a bit of a bit of a rough time. And one of the most, and this is the funniest thing, uh, the place I I had to kind of have to do a move really quickly and da-da-da, and I came to where I currently live, which is redacted, Mm -hmm. and where I work, redacted, tends to get the mail of the people who work there at redacted, in redacted town, and which is kind of funny, it doesn't go to your house, it just goes to your desk at work. So your mm-hmm. mail just ends up there. That's I think funny. they stopped doing that because it hasn't happened for a little bit. But when I first mm-hmm. came here, that happened. So they just drop it off. They just the the mail guys just like have this. I, it's when it's normal mail, it's it's not a big deal. But when it's like parcels and stuff, they tend to drop it yeah. off at your office. And I'm just like, that's a bit of a violation of privacy. But okay, um, we don't have that many people who live here yet. Somehow we're also world famous. Yeah. Anyway, I get a ma- mail from the U.S. and I'm like. Oh, thank God, it's my debit card. No, no, it's something much more valuable. It's mm. the patch of Raul's dojo. I actually have it. You got, the, you, got the, you got the patch? It is a little kind of rolled back because it hasn't really been attached to anything. But yep, this is it. it yeah, that's the patch. That's right. my official dojo patch. So I um, may actually throw that on a gi. Yep. Um, when, so anybody who doesn't know about this, is, I guess if they're watching this, which they should be, the dojo patch was created around the uh, vision and passion of Hanchi Abadjirold. If you want to show that real quick one more time with the patch, you want to show the patch? Oh, sure. Burp, burp, yeah. burp, burp. I should, um, hold on. I should do a thing where, eh, well, no, we're not that sophisticated here. Look, we're just going to throw it in. Hold on. I'm going to do... There we have the blurs off. Look, you can Look. see a punching bag in the back. There it is. So that is the... the, the Let me do it right. The middle of it is the actual the, the outline of the Bogo Kumite helmet that we use. And uh, because of that, uh, I don't hand that patch out to anybody who comes to my dojo and becomes a member of my dojo. You only get that patch if you actually participate in a Bogu Kumite match. So, mm. so there's that. There's, there's only a, so so far a few select people who received the patch to wear. And if you do wear it, I just ask you wear it on your left shoulder. So this is interesting because I didn't know that. Um... I had a letter from, I got a, a very nice letter from Raul. Like, he sent a letter with it, which I'm just like, it's, it was very classy. Very nice. But I didn't know that because it's interesting because this this week as well, something very also kind of fortuitous happened. When I, I initially I had my little first, my first run in Japan of three years, 
I had didn't have any students in karate. I think I only had about three, two kind of came and went. The one who stuck around, he was from where I used to live, uh, Tokonoshima, and he. When I was leaving, I had like I had a makiwara from Shiredo, worst purchase I ever made, because I couldn't I couldn't put it anywhere. It was a bad idea. Uh, I was twenty eight, whatever, and uh, I had bogu gear, and I had pictures of the old masters. And I put, I got the and I got the good picture of Uehara when he was young. Mm. But yeah. anyway, and I just Warms. gave him to him. He looks he looks jacked. Yeah. Right, I'm like, why do you want? You don't want. You don't want the old man picture. You want. You want the Jack picture. We don't have one in Nakamura, but we do have one of Uehara. I hadn't talked to Masato, my buddy Masato. He, he, I trained him all throughout when he was in high school. Great kid. He's turned into a great man. He's had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, we did a merit. We did a triathlon. We were on a triathlon team together at one point. But his mom just kept the gear. I thought they would have thrown him out because I hadn't seen him in probably eight years, and he's like. He just messages me like, "Hey, I'm back in Tokonoshima. My mom has this stuff. You still want? It? Can I still send it to you?" I'm like, "Yes. I thought you guys would have thrown it out." He's like, yeah, "Sorry, it kind of got a little moldy, you know, over the years." And I'm like, and I showed it to Raul, and Raul was like, "No, no problems with those." With I those things. that out in like two seconds. That's yeah. good to go. <laughs> and so the fact that you say that is like somebody who actually has Bogu gear. And that's Bogu gear that came from your old, actually came from your old dojo. Oh, you ordered it through us? I got it through, and that's, and I, then I had those first couple Bogu matches mm-hmm. in that dojo with some of your guys. I, the, Pete hit that yeah. mask. Yeah. Oh, God. Pete yeah, hit man. that mask, man. I fought Pete three times in my life. Uh, I fought him when he didn't know how to fight. That was a nice match. And then uh, I fought him when he started to learn how to fight. That was an okay match. And then I fought him when he was fully knew how to fight. And that was a match. That was a, that, that was a fun match. It was a fun match. It also felt like my head, that was the first time it really felt like my head was going to fall off my neck. Um, yeah, well, well, Pete's, what, 6'2", 265 pounds, and most of that's muscle. The and giant in him, the realm of short kings. You would hit him, and it's it's like you're hitting a building. It doesn't move. His his fist, his gloves are bigger than my feet. So it's like, what do you do to something that big that knows how to fight like you do? It's like, well, greatest you, line. You run heard. a little bit. <laughs> you run a, you run around in the Bogu match until he tires out because that much muscle mass slightly tires out a lot faster than mine. And then when he's, his hands get a little bit lower, then maybe you can come in and maybe throw a few few hits on paper, but you're not going to do much damage. <laughs> yeah and that's and that's why why i'm like you know i'm just kind of hearing you say that i'm like you know what yeah yeah that yeah. works that works yeah. <laughs> that's perfect actually uh now i'm probably gonna i'm probably doing a, a, a okinawa excursion either in october which there may or may not be an okinawa kempo uh tomokai i don't know if that's happening or not okay. still working at the finalizing the details on that whether or not that's going to happen but if not, uh, that will if that will not happen, I will go down in November and probably meet with those guys. But also meet with a friend of mine from New Zealand, Tuari. He's going to be in Okinawa for an entire month from nice. New Zealand. So, yeah, man, I, I I can't begin to tell you that like it is good to see you guys kind of stepping up for training. And I think it's there's for whatever reason the last ten years I think there's been 
kind of a lull in like people being able to start up dojos and being able to have their own thing and it's a lot of different reasons for that economy covid just general abilities to open places and whatnot but even on a small scale if you can build get a couple people in there consistently um yeah i mean i've been i've been advertising a little bit more aggressively lately um there's not much interest right now for what i provide uh probably because there is a mixed martial arts school literally a half a mile away from my house that could be one uh, although that usually doesn't deter people i think maybe the garage dojo thing might be something that people aren't used to anymore uh, it's that was something that was common back when i was growing up i don't know about you but uh, most most karate instructors started in their garage teaching you know between five and 15 students and eventually so you know what maybe we should go out and commercialize this and then you guys ready to do this it's going to cost a little bit more and if and everyone's on board you just transition over to buying something um so i mean that would be something i would probably look to do but yeah. you know i just need i need the student base right now um and that's how anything begins is like i i would say don't mm-hmm. worry about like just just with just one or two people is- i'm okay with one or two people that's how yeah. i had it in new york i had two really good students in new york um, unfortunately I had to move. So they moved on, uh, to a different system, which is fine with me. I gave them my blessing that they're flourishing in it. And, uh, I'd like to think that I had a small hand in, you know, that they, you know, the Bogu community training and what they're doing now, which is more Kyokushin style, uh, basically it kind of blended into it a little very, they had an easy transition into it. And then they got placed in, in, the fight teams rather quickly as opposed to people who just came off the street and never never learned karate. So yeah. I thought it was it was really good. Um I mean so, Kyokushin's like the I mean basically Kyokushin is <clears throat> less geared version of uh Bogu. And... Yeah, it's just there's no head contact with the hands. That's the only difference. Well no head con- no head contact with the hands. Yeah. Tell that to some sixty five year olds I knew in Yoranjima. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey they were a fun grad they were working on they were working on the round eye <laughs> <laughs> well that was the thing man like th- those guys were like willing to like go like head kick at like 60 i know so it's like yeah i know everyone's like oh head kicks we're gonna do that and these guys still do it and I'm probably mm-hmm. can do it whenever so yeah, no it's just good to see that and i think the i agree with you that I didn't see it a lot growing up because when I was growing up, I was just like, I saw commercial dojos and like, okay, how do they get there? It's yeah. exactly how you said you have to build a student base and then go from there. That's the biggest challenge. That's the biggest jump. Um, and not enough people, I think, get that. It didn't, okay. come, it didn't come out of nowhere. I got some small interest right now through my, my church. So um, I'm actually, I didn't tell you about this yet. I'm actually working on a uh, a women's self defense uh, program. Okay. So it's it's somebody who approached me. She has her own separate women's group that she deals with outside of the church, and they were discussing violence. What can they do? She was a victim of violence, mm. um, and uh, I've been a victim of violence too. I mean, uh, apart from Boko Kumite. Um So um, I've been I've been mugged. I've been jumped in in a rough neighborhood when I was growing up. 
I had a knife put to my throat and asked for money. I had no money. <laughs> I had to explain to him, I live in the same neighborhood you do. What do you think? What makes you think I have money? Can you please like not murder me in the streets right now? And uh, he eventually just let me go. Um, but um, so I have a slideshow on violence. I have a slideshow on like, you know, what are key indicators that one, not only you've been picked for violence, but you're being interviewed to be, to be have violence committed against you. And then what are the telltale signs? Weight shifting of, of the body, you know, nervous stitching, you know, they're just maybe they're patting themselves, making sure that they have the weapon on them. Uh, a whole bunch of things I have listed out that we can kind of go over. And then I have an actual video that I've, I've spliced from different videos from YouTube of actual violent encounters that kind of coincide with all the telltale signs that led up to it. And you can kind of see it in real life, although it happens rather quickly. When you're in the moment, time kind of slows down a little bit with mm. adrenaline. So you can probably pick up on these things. Plus, you get this beautiful thing called fear. <laughs> the gift of fear that kind of kicks in. And if you have this gift of fear that's picking up in you and you're feeling fear, chances are there's a reason why you're feeling fear and you should really start acknowledging it and acting accordingly. This is that. And like, yeah. I think, and this is, I've talked with others here about this as well, where it's like, it is, it's not impossible, but it is, that is something that, that, that dojo culture doesn't exactly picked up on in terms of being able to integrate that kind of properly into like the gi, like everyone's in a gi type of doing that. Type yeah, of it's, it's different. It's, it's a di like, like he, the bogu training. is not, it might teach you some sort of fear, it, it, but it doesn't teach you dialogue. No. You know, so there's, there's, there's an actual, and I explain that at the actual, the Bogu Kumite seminar. It's like, you know, there's an actual dialogue that you have to, you have to kind of have with someone. As, and so you're not in a ready stance. You're not in a fighting stance. You're actually trying to figure out what they want from you. And, and it, whether it is, if I give them this, will they go away? Or if I give them this and they're sticking around and now they're looking around to see if anybody else is around. It's like, they want, they want more and they're going to take it from me. Yeah. And then, you know, the fear, there's a different type of fear that you, that you kind of feel in a, in a violent encounter. It's really hard to explain having been through a few of them. It's like, I, I it's, 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 it's sometimes it, it, it makes the adrenaline is a lot more intense and it really stops you from doing certain things. And the only way to get past that is one sparring helps. <laughs> it does hundred percent. But the other thing is, is, is you really have to, you have to keep up with, you know, some sort of realistic type training. Uh, and I don't think the women's group is ready for that yet, to be honest. Well, so, and, and, and do, and getting any, even like getting students in who are regular in karate, it's like, I, I think everyone gets into like, Hey, we're all gonna line up and do the thing, and and everyone yeah. gets into routine. It's different. It's different, and for a violent like that, and literally the what you're training is to detra detrain routine. Yeah, it's it basically what it is. So in my in my particular program, I've 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 limited down to you. you there's two defensive postures you're gonna do that that help you cover most of the encounters you're gonna deal with, and then there's you know five or six techniques that you're gonna be working on. That's it. From different different distances, you got a front kick, you got a palm strike, you got knees, maybe you got some elbows, and then um, 
and then trying to cover up your vital points as you're being attacked. I mean, Man. because chances are, you know, you're a woman and you're and you're and there's a guy and they're going to be physically stronger than you. You're going to have to survive the initial attack and then counterattack and try to get the hell out of there. And there's there's two basic postures in, in the self-defense community. I mean, there's like the covering, but there's a spear posture that Tony Blower um, has really uh, in, immortalized out there. And then there's another posture where it's like you're really covering up and you're you're slamming into the opponent as they're coming at you because where's the where's where is the the most um the most danger when someone's throwing punches at you? Is it when they're just about to punch you or is it right at the end of the punch? Where all that force is maximized, and you don't want to be there, so you want to, you want to collapse it. So you're doing something that's not natural. Everyone wants to get away from it, but you're just leaving yourself in that range where you're just getting the full power of the blows. Where if I were to smother the blow, and then live in that clinch area where I can grab with a tie clinch and throw knees and elbows and scratch and put my fingers in your eyes and then run out of there as they're trying to deal with all that, you might have a better chance. You know, not just showed on is what you're saying. Yeah, I just realized that like half the time I was looking like I was like leaning over at the, the mic. But... Yeah, but yeah, exactly. A lot, a lot of Nahanchi techniques are in there, so it's like you can't tell that to the to these people. Right, right, right. They, well, they're not here for the karate program, which is fine. Um, but it's but, just yeah. like okay, this is like it's it's this is what I found with studying Nahanchi, where it's like that's all close in stuff. This is not long mm-hmm. distance. I actually think that if you there's an argument to be made where you tie Naihachi into that and then you tie Naihachi into like basic punching, mm-hmm. right? Because is that when I I had actually not learned Naihachi as my first basic kata, but uh, when I learned it, I'm like, oh, you learned how to punch from this, like actually like throw something rather than just going, err, right? Um, and then you tie that into bogu, and then you tie that into self defense. Mm-hmm. Nice little circle there. As an aside, but yeah, you're right. It's like they're if you can simplify it to that and run a good program and get people to be like, hey, I want to do this more. Yeah. So right now I'm I'm negotiating, you know, just I said I'll do it for free as far as like the the sit down and discussion of violence and slideshow. So just to see, you know, just to give them an idea of what's out there and what they can see, and then have a conversation with the group saying, Hey, all right, knowing this, what do you want to do about it? I mean, because in the slideshow, I say, well, there's three levels that you could do. I mean, you can learn hands-on stuff, which, you know, that's going to gonna be the least effective. For a woman versus a man, going hands-on is going to be tough. Uh, but it's something you kind of have to know, too. You, 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 have to, you have to have some familiarity of, you know, being hands-on with somebody. And then the other thing is incorporating weapons into, into your daily carry in, in South Carolina. It is a really, really good concealed carry state where you can carry a firearm on you. So I would recommend that or at the bare minimum a knife. Did you just throw in a little Southern Carolina twang in there? Um, I might have. I've been here for a little bit. <laughs> because you, 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 did the, you did the plural of, of use guys as us guys earlier i'm like oh well there's the new york but uh, <laughs> uses the use uses. use guys well i'm from guys philly philly is essentially cousin dialect of that but yeah cool i've used y'all a couple times now so it's it's getting there oh well, my father lived in kentucky he, we, when he moved back to when he moved back uh northeast he was like saying that all that in that twang my mm-hmm. my siblings noticed that and was like yeah 
I guess he just needs to be here for six months and get that out of his system. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, cool. I I, I have. I'm I'm so rusty at this. I don't know where where this has began or ended. But we're gonna just. I think that's kind of a good place to leave it at because. Yeah, we're good. yeah going into the future, you've got something going on. I may or may not have something going on, depending. Yeah, I'm but... fully supportive of that. Uh, when you get something going, I will put your website on my website. Or I might put that website on your website, and that website, and somehow, some way make that all from the ground up there you go but that's an, but that's another conversation for another day yep. any closing statements thoughts feelings emotions emotions well sadness for this year for losing um our our association head uh mr albert oliver giroldi we do miss you you left us with something that's kind of difficult to fill mm. Honestly, so what we've decided is we're going to come as a group. We're not going to have one figurehead run it. We're going to have a, a collective group get together, and you know we're going to you know we have people who've been there from the beginning. We've got people who've been there from the middle. We've got people who showed up at the end. We all have our own ideas, and, and we all can we all get 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 together every month, and we come up with ideas of what we want to do, and we all agree to it as a group, and then we go forward with it. And I think it's it's worked out really well so far, and uh, we're here to uh, keep keep the teachings alive. I think we all, as as any student wants to do for their teachers, they want to keep what they've learned and push it forward. Um, will there be changes to it? Probably, uh, but the core principles are still going to be there. And um, I think we look forward to continuing our our friendships with all the other other organizations continue friendship with you obviously i mean we've always been friends and i've always been here on the sidelines to support you in anything that you've done so that's never going to change and um that's always that's always appreciated 100 yeah. and that's 100 that like raul was like tempting me to like join an organization again i was like how like me and him had a conversation just like if you want to come on in you <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, be part of an organization we have we have the support here for you and if you know, it doesn't have to be us. I mean, we'll I'll support you in anything you do, man. But let you know that you know our organization is going through a restructuring. The restructuring is basically set now. We we know what we want to do. We have the people in place that we want in place. So, um, and I think it's really in a positive direction. I mean, we, I know for me and talking to some of the other guys, we're really our 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 training has upped. We've been really reinvigorated with 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 the with the spirit of teaching, and and training, and I think we're we're, we're on a positive path. Yeah, no, and I think that that is the best you can make out of something like this. Yeah, and I, I think when these things happen, that tends to happen. But I mean, it's sad that that's the case. Yeah. But I mean, there's also kind of a celebration of celebration of a life and then a celebrate and, and kind of a continuation of a legacy mm-hmm. um and i think hopefully more and more people pick up on that and it just continues to go forward and as i always tell people karate is not individual i, I think with covid and but you've got to be part of something yeah you know? exactly and like with covid and with uh whatever a lot of people have, have kind of been there 
I don't want to blame YouTube for this. I'm, I'm kind of contribute to this, I suppose. But you know, there's a lot of like personalization of karate, and it's never been that. You can't do karate online. I'm sorry, and this is a guy who is online with karate saying that you can't do that. Um, Hands on is the best method, in my yeah. opinion. And so, a lot my... of things you don't see, a lot of things you don't feel. Mm. And I mean, that was apparent at the at the seminar one seeing us do our stuff, but also working one-on-one with, diff- with different instructors, instructors who have been in, in with Oyata directly for decades, uh, apart from, you know, Mr. Giraldi, who is the only exper- exposure I've had with, you know, senior Oyata students, but working with other people, feeling their techniques, showing me how they got, how they got achieved that particular reaction in my body. And it's like, that was interesting. I like that. that you know, I take that. Yeah, and the, and the only way you're able to be, like keep it up is by having people around you and having. I hate to say, I don't want to put this in any weird way, but it's like you got to have kids. Yeah. I think there's a lot of there's unfortunately there's a lot of people nowadays who are like, nah, I don't want to teach children. Well, right now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. My facility isn't ready for kids. No, and and that and that's not. Maybe maybe there's exceptions to a rule at certain certain points. Yeah, I mean, if like, I get a commercial dojo, obviously kids, yeah, kids is a must because those not only do they help pay the bills, but it also it, like everyone who actually has interacted with me here in the south and realizes I'm a martial instructor, the first thing they ask is, "Do you teach kids?" Yeah, so it's like at this point, I can't right now. Mm. Uh, eventually, probably, but right now, I mean, the space and and the equipment and stuff like that. It's not big enough for somebody to run around. You know, yeah. it's just big enough for someone to fight in and someone to do kata and, and someone to train in hard. But you need a little bit more space. You need to play. I've I've been a a kids instructor for for decades, and I know what it takes to keep their attention span. And uh, you need you need a little bit more. You need a little bit more equipment, a little bit more space, and a little bit more enthusiasm. And uh, with my with my schedule at work, I got. Yeah. Two days a week, you got me for an hour and a half, maybe two hours in those two days. So, uh, you know, it's got to maximize the best I could do right now. It's transferring the information to somebody who can actually understand it versus dumbing it down for, I don't say it like that, but you are, you're dumbing it down for a child to enjoy it while they learn some principles, not everything. Yeah. And I think that's the thing where it's like, there is going to be, you're kind of doing in the beginning, but I think the, the real issue is there's I think a lot of people who have that not that knowledge and stuff like that but they're just very no 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 to that and as someone who's been a teacher for a while oh yes 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 you do need that you do not need just that. for the money not just for the programming not whatever you don't you maybe have a hundred kids roll through a program you don't know which one's going to stick around you don't know and as you know the what adult. there's there's kids now that I taught when they were 15, 12, eight years old. They're adults now. They've graduated college now. And it's it's crazy how much you, you still keep in contact with them. Yeah. You, you know, you, even if they don't do karate anymore, you still build a relationship with them. And and you you were an impact on their life at one point, And they're a better person because of it. So that's, it's just, it's, it's, it's important. Because if you, if you, like the karate aspect is, for the, for the community, or well, I'm giving a community service. I'm making sure that these people are well adjusted. 
um, and that they, they, they're respectful. They've, they've, they've adhered to certain tenets that we're, they were trying to do. And at the end of the day, they can protect themselves. That's what we're trying to do. But see them grow to be, you know, police officers, you know, businessmen um, and, and stuff like that, becoming, you know, community leaders eventually. It's like, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's the thing where it's like, you need to be able to, and that's, what's going to keep things going. And, yeah. and that's where the best of this lies. This is where the worst of it can lie too, but that's where the best of karate lies in a community. And yep. the fact that you, that you're bringing more people together, that's fantastic. So I applaud you for that. I thank you for Fine. your support, buddy. And hey, no I'm happy to have you back on the podcast and happy to kind of kick off this iteration of the podcast. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, if later on you guys you want to do some sort of training um, podcast together or something, that'd be something we can do. Yeah, we there'll be there's things in the works right now. Um, this is kind of our our opening salvo. So yeah. we'll. I mean, we why don't we do the hundred kata together all, like every year? Yes, which is also coming up. I'm yeah. not to do a preview. Stay tuned, uh, but maybe I should do a little more on the business front with the podcast. But I've never kind of been that guy. Um, yeah. I've tried to be that guy every once in a while, but it's like, yeah, mm. not I'm, if I don't do this. If I can't do this for fun, uh, I can't do anything for fun. That's so. yeah, true. Well, cool, man. It's good having yeah. you on. Good and um, you. yeah, cool. Uh, I hope everybody's out there who's listening to this is being like, hey, a new podcast, new podcast has dropped. Let's listen. Let's but, do it. Uh, yeah. I hope everyone's tra- doing well. Uh, Roll, thank you so much for being here. No Everybody, Paul, don't forget Paul to keep on. Tra- what? Paul thanks you. Paul thanks us. Well, <laughs> God save us, Paul, everybody. And everybody, don't forget to keep training.